0: You Can't Sit With Me, hosted by Deanna Espear.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. As you can tell from the title, this week's episode is going to be very different from the usual reality TV commentary. Obviously, I'm personally going to take a break from all that this week because I think that engaging in anything that is entertainment and dry humor during this time in America would be extremely tone deaf to say the least. And it's definitely not my lane. It's not my time to speak up and have my voice heard, but it is also my time to be a part of the change because I would like to be. And I think everyone has the freedom to go about this in the way they see fit. Personally, I myself try to refrained from sharing aimlessly on Instagram and took that time to educate myself and do the work on myself before I felt I could legitimately share and have conversations, especially as a non-American. And I also think that sometimes doing is better than speaking, although the conversation is something that is really important right now. So I've obviously learned a lot, came to realizations, and it's mostly thanks to this amazing 22-year-old activist and content creator called Dom Roberts who had the kindness, the patience and the grace to come on the show this week. However, I cannot stress this enough. It is not a black person's job to educate you on white privilege and racism and covert racism and tokenism. And if you think that you like, if if you think that because you are now aware of the situation, And however bad and overwhelmed you may feel, it is not okay to go and seek out information from people who come from trauma and who also have to deal with their own personal feelings and emotions and struggles. You should not be taking, taking, taking. The the work needs to come from you and the willingness to work has to come from you as well. However, Dom is doing us a huge favor and complete courtesy by coming on the podcast today. She is willingly coming on the podcast to discuss her experiences as well as helping us understand a few things on white privilege and covert racism. So obviously I know that you guys are all here for reality TV and this podcast is an escape, you know, it's for fun, but I wanted to provide a resource for people who are feeling a little bit maybe helpless or discouraged because there is a lot of information out there and there is a lot of stuff that sometimes, you know, the things contradict one another and I thought that we could all really benefit from having someone from our generation to come and explain a few things from her point of view because the goal is to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. So having Dom here is just gonna provide us such invaluable information. She is such a light and has inspired so many people with her content to really create change. So, you know, if, I, I, wanna, I wanna keep things real with you guys. Am I an activist? No. Am I someone who is going to start talking about politics on the show? Probably not. It is not my lane. And if you want to come at me and say that I jumped on a train, you can enjoy your time doing that. But I wanted to also clarify that I'm not above the trends. You know, I saw a trend on social media from Switzerland and it made me look into it more. So, you know, was I influenced to look into it More because of the trends? Yes, of course. Was I influenced to read about racism more because of the tragic death of George Floyd that was made public? Of course. I come with this podcast highlighting that sometimes I have fallen short. Will I keep doing this on the reg in the future? Probably not as much as I'm doing now. However, I will keep putting in the same efforts into educating myself and diversifying the voices that I bring on the show. So, you know... If you've ever told yourself, I have a black friend, so I'm not racist, or I don't see color, so I'm not racist, or of course I'm not racist, then you need to listen to this because there is a high chance that you might still be a part of the problem, which is why I feel very strongly about the conversation I had with Dom, and I think you will learn a lot from it. You know, if you want to share your thoughts about this episode, please do so. Try to be respectful. We're not all going to do it right, but it is our job to educate ourselves and see where we could have gone wrong lucky for us. We have a great place to start, especially by listening to this podcast and the absolute honor of having Dom on the show. But it is something that has to come from us. Hi, Dom. How are you?
0: Good. How are you? I'm so happy to be on here. I'm
1: so glad that you wanted to come. So I'm not going to lie here to everyone and you know say that I'm an activist and I'm someone who's always going to share the latest political thing that is going on in the world. Although that, you know, the issue that we're seeing now in the world is a human rights issue and it is not political, but genuinely I, in the last couple of days have looked at all the social media, everyone has been posting so much and I'm not going to lie. And I'm not going to say that I'm above the trends. Like I saw a trend. So I looked into it. I saw something happening and I read about it and I looked into it and I came across your social media as you know, my friends on OKC's OK have said before, you are so approachable with your content. So I really, really wanted to talk to you and switch things up this week on the podcast um, because I think that my pop culture audience could really benefit from an episode like this one. And so just to give people a little bit of a context, do you want to explain to us how you started on Instagram and what happened and how? you've been feeling these these past
0: couple weeks yeah so it's actually really crazy i before any of this had started i barely had a thousand followers like it was just like my personal instagram and um i the day of george floyd's murder i had saw the video circulating and i instantly went i clicked to like go watch it not knowing that it was going to be his murder on video and my first like initial gut reaction, like I swiped out of the video and I was like, I can't watch that. Like that's horrible, it's traumatic, it's horrifying. And then I like started crying and literally like threw up. Like I was so sick and I just like took a second and I was like, I need to watch the video because I need to see the reality of like what took place. And it was from like a true place of discomfort. Like it, had honestly just like i was floored and so after i'd watched the videos i instantly was like okay is there a number we can call like what's happening like what are the action steps and so i had made um a graphic and originally it was just gonna say like his name is george floyd and he couldn't breathe and then like the numbers that of the mayor and da that you can call but then i realized that like i was so uncomfortable like me a black person was so uncomfortable with what was happening that i my initial reaction was to swipe away and like not even watch the full video and so i'd like put a a graphic in front of it that said don't ignore something because it's uncomfortable and that kind of just went viral everywhere and like overnight i've gained like thirty thousand followers like it's just been crazy the amount of people leaning into what's happening in our world right now And so, yeah, it's been such a crazy experience, but I've just been focused really on giving people actionable steps about how to deal with like covert racism, but also actionable steps of like who to call, how do you email, like all of this stuff. And here's templates for what to say when you're on the phone. And so my job right now has turned into like pretty much overnight, like just being someone who like didn't have a job because of COVID. and now. I mean, like, I'm not getting paid for anything I do, but still it's like giving me a purpose of like, of passion of like explaining, like you said, it's a human rights issue. Like, this is something that we need to like speak up about and talk about. And so it's honestly just been really incredible to that. So many people are watching and listening to the content that I'm putting out, which is so crazy.
1: Did you ever kind of see yourself doing something like this? Like, was it kind of your predisposition with the way you were with your friends and or did it just kind of just happen randomly?
0: It honestly just happened randomly. Like, if you were to tell me, like, oh, this is, like, what I had planned. Like, not at all. Like, I was literally taken aback when all these people started reaching out. And I was, like, what is happening? And, like, different celebrities were, like, posting stuff and then, like, following me. And I was, like, wait, what? Like, you guys, like, if you scroll down on my Instagram past, like, all the infographics, like, you just see, like, photos of me and, like, my mom and, like my life and yeah it's it's crazy but I think it's also like if there's something you're passionate about in life it kind of just like finds you like I truly believe that like if you work hard enough to to find a passion in your life and you work hard enough to like just lean into it I think like your calling and like whatever you're meant to do kind of like finds you and stuff which I feel like is the testimony to the situation which is just like crazy. Your
1: post was so genuine. You know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, my strategy on Instagram is going to be this, or my brand is going to be this. But, you know, in situations where things just come from the heart and it just literally just came from you being in the moment and feeling in the moment, maybe people could feel that through their screens. And so I kind of want to ask you, like, how do you react? How does it feel for you to kind of become an educator? Because, you know it's actually doing this, it's, it's a courtesy. It's not, you know, no one is asking you to do it. People don't deserve for you to do those things. And, yeah. you know, now that you kind of ha- have this role that you've fall- fallen into, do you feel, holy shit, what have I done to myself? Or do you yeah. feel like, like I want to know a, a bit more about this?
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I think I like, it comes and it goes like, for me so many people, like I actually had a girl, I got like a really, honestly to me, it low key, it was kind of almost like hurtful. And, and I, I mean, I get crazy DMs all the time, but this girl, I, I understand where she was coming from, but she was like, I see you're on like a lot of different podcasts, um, predominantly like white, like influencers and stuff. Like, you know, you don't have to be like the token black. This girl wasn't even black first off. Let's just start there. And she was like, I don't want you being used as like tokenism to educate like these white influencers. And I was like, let me stop you right there. Like if my goal, I was like, this is not tokenism to me. This is something that's bigger than myself, which is why like I have days where I'm like, what did I just like, I just signed up for like something crazy. But at the same time, I'm like, If not me, then who? Like, if I'm not going to use my Black voice, like, and I'm not going to generalize and speak on behalf of the Black community, but there's been so many Black people that have been like, thank you. Because I can't talk right now. I don't want to talk. And it's like, your posts are so helpful for me to just share with my friends and be like, honestly, this girl, she has, this is her opinions on this. And like, I like side with that. And I think that like, for me, like, yeah, walking into the position of an educator, it's like, it takes a lot of patience and it takes like, honestly having a grace for people to get it wrong. Like, you know, I don't expect my friends, like my white friends and followers to get it right overnight because change is a process. It's like, um, kind of the analogy I've been using, it's like, if you have someone with a drug addiction and alcohol addiction, and you expect them to change overnight, Like, that's crazy. And it's just like, it's this slow process that I want to use my social media as kind of like a hand-holding process of like, here, like, here's this, here's more resources, here's more books, here's things that you can do. I'm going to speak on using the things that have happened to me, and I'm going to tell you guys about them. Because honestly, like, it's kind of, it's my story. And it's like the fact that my story is resonating with so many people when like, 3 or 4 years ago no one was listening to me. No one cared about what I had to say honestly when it came to the issue at hand. So it's like are you you're telling me people are listening to me right now? People want to get educated about this? I'm like hell yeah, let's go. Like I'm going to I'm going to use my voice and my platform in honestly a positive way and a helpful way because I'm tired of like people just yelling and being upset. And rightfully so. I think a lot of people have room to be upset. And, but it's just like, I'm never, like I always like start one of my, if I post a video, like disclaimer, I'm not here to argue, belittle or like yell at anyone, but I'm here to educate and use like my videos as a resource. And it's like the same way I'm trying to approach this with social media, because I feel like that's not the approach of a lot of creators and some people And I just, I want to like stand out in that way of being like, honestly, come to my profile and know that you're met with grace, love and opportunity to learn if you want it. I watched this video of someone saying, you know we shouldn't
1: coddle you into like, you know finding out and researching and educating yourself you should not, Yeah, we need to want to take the steps ourselves but you know, at the same time, it's so easy let's not lie to ourselves, it's so easy as a white privileged girl to just give up when you feel Mm -hmm. like you're stuck and when
0: you feel like you know you're not getting anywhere and you could never do it right anytime we're stating opinions people are going to come back with their opinions so it's like I feel like for me the biggest thing like a lot of like the people just kind of the backlash that I've received is like coming from both ends like I've had black people being like, you know, it's not your job to educate and talk about this. Like, you don't have to do this. Almost like, you know, kind of being like, you really don't have to talk out about this. And I'm like, on my end, I'm like, I do. And then there's also the people, the white people on the other end who are like, which I think this is like, so the, the most harmful. And they're using like microaggressions. Like, why can't we all just get along? And this post is so stupid. Like, I don't even understand why we need this. And so it's like, like you're saying, like, yes, there's going to be just kind of like this backlash that I receive on both ends because it's I'm stating my opinion on controversial issues. And so not a ton of people are going to understand. But I think the middle ground, I think those marginalized sides of backlash are so small compared to the middle ground right now where there's people like you and people like Maddie and Scout and Kenzie and Lauren Elizabeth and like all these beautiful, awesome creators that are taking a stand and like leaning in and they're just being like, okay, like, let's talk. Every small change is a victory to me because we're one step closer to the U.S. becoming an anti-racist society. And that's my goal. It's like, I want it to be the cool thing to be anti-racist. It's like if you can look within yourself, do the self-reflection, change the world around you, speak up against like um, racism when you see it in your circles. When I'm not around, when Black people aren't around, then it's like it'll be so incredible to see like just the change. And it's like that slow, steady process that I will never like. If someone decided like they they want to learn today, then I'm here like I want to help you learn today and it's like I don't think like the approach shouldn't be like go to black people and your black friends and be like hi can you like teach me and give me a lesson on like racism and share your traumatic experiences with me so I can learn it's like no don't don't definitely don't do that but it's like okay like like you said like I want to be that person that you can come to me as a resource as a black person and be like hi like can I ask you these questions even if they sound dumb? And I'm like, yes, of course. The cool thing is with the conversations that I've been having with people is like challenging them to like open up diversity into like their spaces and their channels because it's like right now we're kind of seeing like an awakening of so many white people realizing that they've been going about this whole thing so wrong. And so it's like kind of like this influx. I saw um, someone post like so many books about racism and like systemic racism are like sold out right now on Amazon. It's like, that's proof right there, which is so incredible that so many people wanna learn. And your channel, like they're probably, the people who usually listen to your podcast are gonna probably be hearing some things they've honestly never thought of. And like, for me, that's so cool that you would like challenge yourself and use your platform and honestly work past your discomfort towards the issue to really like bring about change. And it's like, if we all like, I think change happens also outside of our comfort. Like, it's like, we need to get uncomfortable. We need to be okay with like, honestly, we're gonna get things wrong. Like, even for me, I when it was like the black square thing, yesterday was my day off anyways. Like, I was like, listen, guys, I'm not, I don't have time for this. I need to go to bed and like drink a smoothie. Like, no one talked to me. And then I woke up to like, people reaching out to me and being like, Dom, Dom, you use the hashtag Black Lives Matter. And so like all the information, like you're messing up the, the hashtag and like all this stuff. And I was like, oh, shoot, like I messed up. So then I was like really quick on my story. Hey, guys, thanks for the call out. Messed up. This is what you need to do to fix that. And like easy, you know. And so it's like we can't be scared of getting things wrong. Like we need to come from the humble position of like, we're all learning. And it's like, I'll never diss someone for trying to learn. Like the people that I'm going to diss are like the ones that are defending their stance on something without the willingness to be educated on it. Right now, as kind of like a social media platform on everyone's end, everyone is kind of taking a second to pause and be like, whoa, this is something that's actually never happened before in the history of our country. For me, I'm going to take advantage of the situation and be like, OK, what is what does everyone want to know? We have to work together in this and it's going to take a lot of grace and a lot of patience. And we can't cancel culture anyone right now for trying to learn. It's like we need to come together and be the united front that like, we want to be.
1: You're saying it's a it's important for it to be an exchange rather than someone asking yeah. from you and taking from you and taking mm-hmm. from you. But when you're adding to the conversation and you're actually spreading the awareness and it's an exchange, um, you're kind of down. So you're saying, "I don't want to run the marathon for you, but if you need te- uh, tips and
0: tricks, I'm going to give yes. you those." Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I yes, I think that's such a great way to put it. It's like everyone kind of needs a coach right now. Like everyone kind of needs like okay coach me right now like what's the best way to go about this and it's like there's different coaching styles there's different methods that work and it's like i want my coaching style to be known for being like forgiving graceful and informative because honestly yeah i'm not the coach that yells i'm just not if you're telling me that these people who i never thought in a million years would actually care about what's happening in our world are leaning in then at by all means, whatever it takes, because that's, like, that's the change that, like, money can't buy. Like, that's the change that takes, like, the reflection of self. And it's, like, you can't put a price on reflection of self. Like, that, that is such a deep thing to really look within yourself and recognize prejudice and bigotry and racism and start the process of removing it. Like that is so deep and something I don't take lightly. And honestly, to me, is like such an honor that people would include me in on the process of allowing that to take place.
1: The post of yours that actually resonated so much with me was having Black friends does not mean you aren't racist. Because yeah. For a little bit of context for the listeners, I've told you before, my mother is actually born in Congo, in Africa, um, as a white woman, her Parents were born there, and her grandparents actually moved there. They, you know, escaped anti Semitism and concentration camps. Some went to Auschwitz and then actually did the four years there and joined them later. Some of them just left beforehand. And, you know, in my mind, it's physically impossible for me to be racist because the Black community gave my mom a home. She was able to go there. She had a fantastic childhood. She's one of the most amazing humans I know. And it's always been a part of my life. And I went to international school here in Switzerland. I mean, I live in LA now, but my group of friends was always very colorful. But I will say reading that post of yours actually made me aware of situations where I had fallen short. I was kind of like, oh, well, I'm not because I'm from Switzerland and I have this wow. background. And if you look at my group of friends in, in America, not very, not very colorful, but also I'm looking at all different aspects of my life now. Like the reality shows that I watch, they're predominantly white people. That post made me realize just because you're not racist doesn't mean you're not part of the problem. And that's what made me think, okay, it's just not good enough. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yes. And I think like something that's so great that you're hitting on is like, we like white people right now and white passing people right now really need to, I think we all need to come. I'm coming from the most humble position of like, let me teach you. I have grace to help you. And like, I think the exchange, you know, the taking the exchange that comes from is like, white people, white passing people, need to come from the humble position of understanding that like racism, and I'm just gonna speak specifically in America, because I don't think people realize that America is the foundation of the house of America is built off of racism. The day that they took black people from Africa into the U.S. and used them with slavery, and then it's like they never really fixed the problem. They never really tore down the house they just made it look pretty on the inside. And it's like, well, you guys have rights technically. And like, okay, yeah, if you can like afford to come to like the white schools, you can go. Like no one's going to stop you. But it's like, you know, just like a really quick perspective on institutionalized racism in America. is like, I'm a prime, I'm kind of a prime example of institutionalized racism in America. Because like, unfortunately, a lot of like the lower, the lower class housing and like the projects are filled with people of color and black families that just honestly have never been given the opportunity to get out of the projects and start anew. And so when my dad, he was, um, he was born kind of when there was segregation still and all of that, but he was growing up in New York and he was really smart. My dad's really gifted and got a scholarship to go to a boarding school in New York. And so he was living in the projects and then kind of like overnight got taken, because of his scholarship, got taken into a boarding school and was given like higher education. He was able to go to college. He was able to go to the Air Force and learn. And he was able to become an engineer um, overseas where he met my mom. I'm like half black, half Filipino. And then they came back into the US. And um, because of like my dad being an engineer and my mom working in the hospital, we were able to move into the nicer neighborhoods and it's like I was able to get a higher education. I was able to experience like college and all these things that so many black people don't get experience because it's like unless you're like my dad gifted you know like for me I was just average I'm not gifted like I don't know what happened like my sister she's so gifted. gifted. look at how you're talking <laughs> you know? but like no, it's like my sister, she can like write an essay with her eyes closed and get like 100%. I'm the person that like needed to do the research and it took like three days, you know? like
1: I just want to take a quick break to talk to you guys about Well with Brielle. This is a wellness platform created by Brielle Merchant. She, you know, on top of her wellness education... Including a master's in health administration and a Bachelor of Science in Public Health. She is also a certified health and education specialist and a registered yoga teacher. If that doesn't say hustle, I don't know what does. But um, I think the way that I was connected with Brielle originally, she is a part of my community. And she once posted this Instagram about a portable home sauna that was pink as well, which so on brand, can we say? And it was just the funniest thing I've ever seen, but also such a great tip because as you guys know me, I don't really like to leave my home. So any wellness tips that I can find, you know, self-care, wellness, skincare to do at home, I'm down for, especially now during quarantine. It's definitely a good time to look into this as well. She is the creator of Well with Brielle. You can access free online resources. Their most popular is the ultimate self-care bath checklist and also a 21 day water challenge. You can also join events in person and online wellness events like yoga, self-care and hiking. And she also has an e-commerce so you can shop products like crystals, smudge sticks to set your intentions and manifest. So, you know, if you want to get well, especially now during this time, it is the perfect occasion to check out Well with Brielle. Checking out Well with Brielle is all about boosting your mood and feeling good via wellness. So you can visit the website. It's wellwithbrielle.com. You can also follow her on Instagram, which is well with Brielle for lifestyle and wellness.
0: And so like, for me, I just, I, I would get like C's and like whatever in school, but it didn't disqualify me from the opportunity to go to college. Whereas like so many black kids right now that live in the projects and are like that go to underfunded schools where there's like overcrowding and no extracurricular activities. So they give into gang violence. They give into the streets. That's why there's black on black crime. But like, it's so funny to me that people when when things like this racism come out, people, the first statistic people run to that I see a lot of people run to is like, well, you know, black on black crime is higher than uh, than white on black crime. And I'm like, well, why is that? Like, if that actually matters to you, then let's talk about it because I'm not going to shy away from it. OK, if that's a fact. Right. Well, why is that? Once again, institutionalized racism. Okay, well then what, what about white and black crime? Once again, institutionalized racism. Until us as Americans tear down this institution that is, what, what's racism, right? Prejudice plus power. The only people, we all have prejudices. It's human nature. You have prejudices, I have prejudices. There's no defending that. But it's the power. Well, who has power? No. The only people that truly have power in America white slash white passing people? Why? Because the institution supports white people to succeed, whereas people of color and black people were the the system's not set up for us to succeed. And you can take that out to any race, Asian like Asian, Mexican like Hispanic, like all of it. You can you can it's the same thing, and it's because like it's built off the system of years and years of oppression that we have not. Fixed. Yeah. and it's like this this deep-rooted situation it's like we need to unpack it yeah. and like some people are trying to come at the institution with a sledgehammer and they're being met with backlash and it's like honestly the way that we're gonna have to fix this is we're gonna have to unpack the house yeah. we're gonna have to take it down mirror by mirror chair by chair roll up the rug and then bring it bring it in. And there's gonna be times when we're tearing down walls. But other times it's just gonna be like, we're taking down, we're taking out the forks in the house. And it's a slow unpacking process of ta- unpacking the institution and taking, and yes, it sucks. I wish that we can just get like a sledgehammer and tear down the house. But honestly, for us to see lasting change in America and the topic of racism, It is going to be the slow, patient process that we, like you said, like I think it's so encouraging that you said you were discouraged, but you were like, no. Like I found a voice that's encouraging and it's like right now everyone needs to like, don't get discouraged. Don't give give up. Like we need to unpack this house together and we need to be committed to the process that it's going to take. And so that's kind of like my perspective on like even my approach on social media, it's like unpacking the house of institutionalized
1: racism. Um I really want you to, you know, tell me a little bit more about covert racism because I think a lot of people didn't realize about, you know, racism not being hate, but it's, you know, not speaking up and not helping and not doing enough, which I had toxic tendencies which I mm-hmm. hate myself for saying and for admitting not racist tendencies but you know toxic to to the community Um, because of my lack of actions I really kind of want you to explain to me a little bit more about covert racism what it means to you
0: I just think that like covert racism is this really weird not linear but like kind of like all over the place and it can be ranked higher and lower but it's like I think for me like the most dangerous form of covert racism is microaggressions which are kind of people like being like, uh, this is stupid. Like, duh, we're all the same. No, we're not. Well, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I have Black friends and, okay. Well, okay, but this is so dumb. Like, no, it's not. That right there, it's like you're undermining a group of people that have experienced, I mean, trauma being born black you are being born into trauma because of the way that our society is ran i don't care who you are you talk to any black person there will be at least multiple stories but i i mean multiple stories of racism covert racism that they've experienced and i think like for us to talk about like covert racism it's like those are like the dangerous ones are like well, I'm not racist. It's like, okay, yeah, you honestly probably are. You probably do have some form of covert racism. It's like, well, I grew up around, yes, thank you. I, that's a beautiful, amazing. But it's like, okay, but how do you feel? I'm your friend. How do you feel about other Black people that aren't your friend? Do you treat them the same way that you treat me? Do you see them? I mean, truly, do you see them the same way you see me? And it's like, until we start, I mean, getting real and going there with ourselves. And like, I think one of my friends said something that's so beautiful. He is like, he is one of my friends who's a graphic designer. And honestly, he's just so intelligent when it comes to like him discovering racism. He was just saying like, as white people, we are all, we all carry racism because it's like, we all have prejudices, like I said. And then the equation for racism is the prejudice plus power. So it's like, as a white man, I have power in the society which causes me to honestly be under racism. He was like, so what does this mean? If I have a racist thought, what do I do? I need to reflect. It's like, we're, prejudices are based off of ideologies. So it's like, if I have a racist thought, I need to reflect on the origin of that ideology. Like, okay, so let's use an example. Say you see a black person and... um they like walk past your car and you like lock it. Why'd you do that? Where'd that come from? What about a black person made you feel unsafe? Did you get that from the media? Maybe did you, did someone do something to you when you were younger? That made you like you all, it's like, we need to start having like these questions to start unpacking and taking away our covert racism. But it's like, Until you get to the root of the problem, you keep just deny, deny, deny. I'm not racist. I'm, listen, I, tokenism, no, genuine diversity. It's like when you're saying like you, you're admitting like you were like, I don't have that many black friends. Like my colorful, my circle friends is not that colorful. It's like, okay, that's, that's fine. You have recognized, right? A problem. And so now it's your job to be like, well, great. Who are some black people I do like? And if you don't know any right now, that's fine. It's going to take time, right, for you to actually discover Black people that you do like and do enjoy being around. And so it's like you need to take the time to, like, discover and, rec- and like, find those people. And, like, I mean, make it, yeah, you know, like you said, you grew up in a very, like, diverse background. You went to international school. It's like you know how beautiful different cultures are. So it's like it's going to take time, but, like, yeah, find people that you want to be around. Don't just like keep someone around to keep them around, and like, yeah, that's the difference of like yeah. fighting tokenism and genuine diversity and like yeah. covert racism. It's like giving into those microaggressions, and like you said, like yeah. honestly, getting too discouraged to be a part of the problem. We almost kind of have to be careful. I feel like in the U.S. of the perspective of like that there is differences in like cultures. You know, like in the U.S. specifically, I think that like. We have to see people for their color, for what because, they are. Yeah, yeah, for what they are, because it's like yeah. if you don't see color in the U.S. and you don't recognize in the U.S. that you're denying your culture. Yeah, you're denying their culture, and you're. I think you're also denying the existence of institutionalized racism, which is so scary. And it's like, like you said, like going to international school. You guys are just like great. Like, this is who we are. And it's, like, in the U.S., we're so far from that. We're nowhere near seeing people for who they are, like, or understanding, like, having coming to the understanding that, like, you guys can just accept other cultures. And it's just because, like, there's not, in rural American, like, areas, like, I mean, in L.A., we see different cultures all the time. But it's, like, if you go to Arizona, like, where I'm from, I mean, yeah, like, you're not going to see that many cultures. And so... I think what we have to do is like you're saying like we just have to take it one step at a time and like be honest and be real like of our the things that we have done that have been that are racist and just own them you know i think so many influencers right now are working double time to be like i'm not racist i'm not racist i'm not racist i'm not racist instead of just being like you know what i probably have been racist i probably i have had instances of covert racism and it's like those are the people i respect i'm like own it you if you've given into it just own it thank you thank you for saying that thank you for just being real and honest and it's like if everyone could just kind of get to a place of like instead of being like no 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 no, that's not me i'm sorry i haven't done and backtracking because they're scared of backlash it's like nah fam we gotta get real right now we just need to talk and we need to be honest and we need to just be like, yep, my hands are up. I've been a part of the problem. I have not done my part. I've not included culture on my platform, all these things. And, you know, like that ownership, every single person, like the beautiful thing of like every single podcast that I've been on, is like there's been so much ownership. I mean, even on your end with like Maddie and Scout and Kenzie and like Lauren, like those, these like people with, like, you guys with, like, huge platforms, they're just, like, coming with their hands up, like, yep, and we're a part of the problem. And it's, like, that right there is going to solve it. Because it's, like, once you acknowledge the problem, we can fix it. And I think, like, if we can do that as a society, like, my kids and, honestly, my kids' kids will grow up seeing an anti-racist society, which is, like, what I'm looking forward to, especially in the U.S. Like, they will grow up seeing it being the cool thing to be anti-racist which is so important.
1: Maybe this is me being naive and you know you do kind of grow up being naive when you're in an in, in an international school because everything is great and there's like yeah, there's a problem, you know, and to me I obviously like most people in the US look up to black culture when it comes to music and it's very glorified music brings us so much joy don't you remember a couple years ago when literally everyone was singing this is america like literally everyone and so do you kind of see that joy kind of being brought to this cause and I don't know maybe this is me naively speaking but everyone loves hip-hop everyone loves music do you see it ever kind of becoming that way in the
0: real world as well yeah and I think like what you hit on is such a great point and for me I feel like the reason why so many black people are tired is like I went on this one kid who was like terrorizing my comment section. I was like, Who is this kid? Like, who is this kid? Like, I was just curious. I was like, who who is this kid? Like, what does he look like? I just need to see him. So I went on his Instagram and he had like Travis Scott ones on, but he was commenting like, This post is stupid. The writers are like such a huge part of the problem, like all this stuff. And I was just like, People love black culture but it's like they don't love black people and it's like kind of this disconnect and I think like we need to start bridging the gap like for you I think like what you see is like you see black people who like or it's like the music industry and stuff the areas that we dominate and like dominate those spaces you're like we need to start celebrating black people which I think is such an incredible acknowledgement but I think what's such a sad thing is so many white people right now are like, man, this is stupid. Like, black people need to calm down. Honestly, so many white people are thinking that right now. But then they'll, like, turn on the radio and, like, Beyonce comes on. And they're like, <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I- then it's just like, nope, that ain't it. Like, we need to celebrate it on all fronts. It's like, I'm com- I'm, like, posting about this soon. And it's like you can't love black culture without loving all of black people. Like you can't pick and choose, you can't like pick apart black culture and like choose the pieces of it that you like when it's convenient for you. And then it's like, okay, but the racism part, okay, listen, like that's annoying. (laughs) I'm just going to ignore that, but I'm going to put on these Jordans though. Like, (laughs) you know, and it's like, we, if you want to celebrate, like what I think you're saying is like, so cool. Like, People don't even acknowledge that Black people, they're like, oh yeah, there's great Black artists, but like, don't even acknowledge the influence that Black people have had on music. Like if you took Black people away from the music industry, it's like, what would you have left? Literally,
1: in today's music world, I can tell you because I used to work in music behind every single song. Nowadays, especially, and in the last for a while, Always a black person.
0: That's like another thing of like covert racism that I don't even think people realize is like picking apart black culture, like picking the parts and areas that you like and you want to be a part of. But then when it comes to the other stuff, the deep stuff, the stuff that takes time that like you have to like spend time to like recognize and realize and work towards fixing, it's like all of that comes in a package what we are seeing a lot right now is people coming to the realization that I hope they see that. And it's definitely something like cultural appropriation and all those things are stuff that I'm going to start talking about more on my platform because it's something to, I mean, if there's something that makes me more upset than anything, it's like that, the cultural appropriation side of like freaking people like, whoa, Vicky and bad baby Barbie. I don't even know her name. Like get it. Come on here. and. Just say the n word and get loud, get crunk, and like, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get weaving, and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. Don't you see? I only hang around black people and just use black scent and all these things, and honestly disrespect the the hell out of black culture. And people eat it up, like they eat it up. But then real artists like Nicki Minaj, Megan Thee Stallion. Rico Nasty and all these other incredible like black women who just like have been crushing it since day one they're like they're ghetto and nasty like ugh, these ghetto bitches like just kind of like that narrative and I just think like we need to start it all needs like we need to start tearing that down like Vicky shouldn't have a platform right now and I'm not trying to like come for anyone but it's like people like bad Barbie baby they shouldn't have a platform right now Because it's like all of that, it's cultural appropriation that like we need to stop. And it's like, like you said, like the acknowledgement of like black music and like black things. It's like, I think it's a joy and it's something that we can like come together and celebrate and like be one in. But it's like, we can't even do that until we start calling out like the people that appropriate our culture and get clout for it. You know, I
1: love that you just brought up cultural appropriation because that is something I've said it on this podcast before. I was like, stop giving Kim Kardashian so much fucking hate for braiding her hair. My ignorance, I just thought, you know, if you braid your hair or, you know, do those things, I thought we're celebrating that culture. And I didn't realize that it was actually very
0: offensive. For example, like for me, right? So I'm just going to use like a personal story of like why it, I mean, to the highest degree, cultural appropriation like above anything that's going to make me so mad and upset to me is when I see it and like hear about it and stuff and like I just want to educate people why it's so harmful because it's it's a it's tied in with my trauma so for example when I was growing up my mom was like Filipino like I said my dad's black so my mom, she like didn't know how to do my hair. And my dad's like a guy. So like, you, he just doesn't know how to do hair, which is fine. So I would like wear like a braid every single day. Like my mom would just braid my hair like in one little single braid and I'd go to school. And then one day, you know, because it was so freaking cool, like to have pin straight hair. Like everyone remembers if you grew up in the early 2000s, like if you had pin straight hair, like you were that queen, you were that queen. And so I just remember wanting nothing else than to be like all the girls, the white girls that I was surrounded to have freaking straight hair. So my mom attempted. She did not know what she was doing, but she attempted to straighten my hair. And it just, it did not look good. And honestly, looking back, it could have been cute if she just like knew what she was doing, but she didn't. So it just didn't look like cute, but I like was trying so hard to fit in that I like went to school with my hair just looking, I don't know, my hair was out. It was honestly, it kind of looked like natural, you know, it's just my natural hair. And I just got bullied and humiliated that whole day for like having my hair out. And it honestly created me to have such a deep insecurity when it comes to my hair. And it wasn't until like, and even fifth and sixth grade, I got like my first like real haircut. And they cut it like so, they cut it like right here and I couldn't um, put it in a braid anymore. And so I had to wear my natural curly hair every single day like out and people would just make fun of it and be like, your hair's so big. And like, what the heck? Like Dom's hair, Dom's hair. Like, and I hate, oh my gosh. Like I remember to just would stay up till like 2 a.m. before school and like try and like get it back in like a bun and like put a headband so like you couldn't see my hair. And then now, fast forwarding the clock, girls are peep. guys are trying to get perms to get their hair curly and it's like girls are trying to get perms to get their hair curly so it like it's and like boxer braids and braids like people literally at my at my middle school would be like get that it's ghetto and the kids that wore jordans and stuff they would literally be like oh the ghetto kids they would literally call them the ghetto kids and it's like, we need to take the time to like, instead of being like, calm down, like it's for everyone. It's like a this and that thing. I'm like, no, you need to do your research in understanding what's socially acceptable, what is actually cultural appropriation and like how that is harmful and actually super racist to do.
1: So do you think there's like never a time where people are going to be able to like to embrace those things? Or do you think it's because it's like a sensitive time now?
0: Yeah, and I think, like, people can tastefully embrace these things. Like, tastefully be like, here's an homage to this. I was inspired by this. But it's the problem is when people are trying to be this. Zendaya wore box braids on, like, a red carpet event, and um, one of the girls, the people from the fashion police, or one of the, like, talk show hosts or something was like, She's like ghetto and smells like patchouli or something like that. But then wh- I'm sure any, if it was any other like person who had box braids in, it would have been acceptable. And it's like we can't pick and choose when it's on someone and then when it's on a white person, like it's cool. But then when it's on a black person, it's ghetto. And that's more so like I think we can embrace culture, right? We can make it good. We can make it right. tasteful. Like, it's
1: not okay to do it if when you see it on a black person, you think
0: it's ghetto. Yes. And like give into that narrative of like, oh, well, they look trashy. They look this, they look that. Like my mom was so against me having weave like for the longest time because she was like, Dom, like I don't want people to see you some type of way. I mean, and I was and like, I was like eh, eh. at this point, I'm gonna get a weave if I want to. Like, you know, these are, these are the covert racist things as a society and the institutionalized things that we need to start thinking about. It's like, we need to do a lot more thinking and listening before we do a lot more saying. Yeah. And it's like, and then on top of that, to add to the equation, it's like, we need to have like grace and we can't cancel culture people for getting things wrong. Like we need to just remember to like, we're in this together. Like this is a fight that we're in together. And so, and we're all going to get
1: something wrong, but I thank you so much for providing me this information, you know, about cultural appropriation. People should not keep quiet and people should keep talking. And I don't mean have, you know, your friends from the black community run the marathon for you, but you know, if you have a well thought out question and if you want to put yourself in someone else's shoes sometimes it's okay to ask
0: right now it's like it's like there's a time and place too you know like I think like right now we need to like let the black community grieve because right now they're grieving and they're exhausted on both fronts so like for I think like for white people right now to be like hi like share your personal experience with like growing up with racism in America and like especially if they're like bruh I am like scared to my I'm scared and I'm tired and I don't want to talk to you like and it's just like so what I'm even recommending is like search out like there's people like me and honestly there's so many other awesome creators that are sharing their personal stories and are I like I'll even do like a Q&A like where people can like ask me questions like what's right what's wrong like all this stuff um because yeah I think like it's it's going to all be this it's going to be like one piece at a time one 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 piece in the house at a time to like solve this really really massive problem that we've got ourselves into like as a country and so like thank you so much for honestly like taking the time And using your platform to, like, speak on all these things that are happening right now. Like, I think, like, you doing that is testimony to, like, you being a part of the change, you know?
1: Thank you. Like, I truly appreciate you so much for coming on the show. I know you're so busy. I know it's not your job to educate. But I genuinely feel like this conversation will helps so many people. And as I said, you know, there's so much information out there. Every time I see a social media post, it contradicts the previous social media posts that I've seen. And so I think, you know, this episode will not teach you everything, but it's a good place to start. And if there's a topic that we covered that you want to go and do your research about, or you disagree with and you want to go and look up about it more, then I encourage you guys to all go do it. And I also encourage you guys to, as I said, and as I've done, go sign the petitions, go donate. And if you're in America and States, I think you can start voting now. And is there anything that you want to add to the conversation about anything that we've spoken about? I just want, I just want you to be able to just say whatever you want.
0: No, thank you so much for having me on. And like I said, like, my approach is always like out of love and out of understanding and like realization, like we're all learning together. So like right now, if you're feeling overwhelmed or discouraged and you're like, maybe even listening to this podcast and you're like, "Mm," like, I didn't even like realize like you're kind of having an awakening moment of what's happening in our country. Like, I just want to encourage you that like, don't give up, like, I've had so many times where I've been overwhelmed by like everything that's happening right now in our world. And it's like together, we kind of have to like decide that like, we're not going to give up and we're going to like take a stand and like do better and all those things. So thank you so much. And like, (laughs) this has been honestly so awesome. One of the best podcasts I've done so far. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you so, so much. Okay. Can you please let everyone where they can find you? I Urge everyone to go follow you on Instagram because you have been such a light with all the information that's been out there. You've definitely stood out and been amazing. So pimp yourself out.
0: So it's Dom R O B X R T S. So instead of the so like Dom Roberts, instead of the E, it's an X.
1: I like the X.
0: It gives it it gives
1: it an edge. It's cool.
0: Yeah. I was like, was I trying to be edgy? I guess. I don't know.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the You Can't Sit With Me podcast. Just a quick reminder, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It is the most helpful and supportive thing you can do for this show. Also, if you would like to engage in the conversation yourself, you're welcome to request to join the secret Facebook group. It's called You Can't Sit With Me. Don't forget to look for it. But all really annoying and thirsty plugs aside, hope you enjoy this episode.